Did you miss us? I missed us. Welcome. Rutgers ScoutCast 60 is finally here. Our hiatus is over, and the expedition continues today. I am your host, Sam Hellman, and it's good to be talking to you all again. It's been a while. Thanks to a lot of people that reached out wondering where the show's been, wondering why we're on break, and frankly, to be honest, it's a couple reasons. First off, I'm moving. Not done moving yet, but it is... Uh, you guys know, it's not easy, so the, the five or six hours a week that I was committing to this podcast became moving time. Now that that's almost over with, the show is back. And then the other reason is there was so much going on between spring football, recruiting, basketball, travel, all that stuff that our guys over at Scarlet Report, our members, they come first. And so I had to get all that stuff done before I go and do something free like a podcast on iTunes. But back by popular demand, here is episode 60. So our guests are going to return starting next week. I have a verbal commitment from Rutgers commitment, Jalen Chapman, the quarterback out of California. He and I are going to record something over the weekend, so... Go ahead and tweet me your questions. Don't tweet him your questions. Tweet me your questions or anything you'd like to hear from Jalen Chapman about his commitment to Rutgers and what comes next. After that, I'm hoping to delve back into the basketball circle and the football camp circuit for the next wave of guests. So I guess you could say my guest this week is Brian Doan. We sat down and had about a 25-minute talk about everything that... We, didn't, we weren't able to discuss while we were on hiatus. A lot of the stuff was discussed in more detail over on Scarlet Report, but again, to you, the loyal Rutgers ScoutCast listeners, this may be your first opportunity to hear that discussion, and we're going to get there in just a second. But first, two topics that are on my mind, things that we're not going to discuss in the body of the show because, well, there wasn't time or it wasn't organic within the conversation. And the, the first point I want to make is actually about Rutgers basketball. Since we last spoke, Rutgers basketball has taken a lot of steps towards solidifying that roster. No, people should not have been surprised that Corey Sanders is back. I was telling our members for quite some time that I expected him back, that Rutgers expected him back, but I know how some of your News media out there likes to make everything a little bit too dramatic, so I get it why you're worried. But great news that Rutgers has Corey Sanders back. Rutgers has picked up some big-time players like Miles Johnson, a seven-foot center, seven-foot wingspan. He's six-foot nine in height. He's one of the best shooters on the team right away, Steve Peichel told me. So that's that's interesting because they don't have much of that in the post. And frankly, if C.J. Geddes had one issue as the starting center last year. It was finishing around the basket and any sort of mid-range game. Johnson is an improvement there, but he's nowhere near Geddes in terms of just body mass or in terms of experience. You know, C.J. Geddes has played in an NCAA tournament. So I like Miles Johnson as a pickup. Suf Mensa, the junior college points guard out of Marshalltown, is on campus. Rutgers still has not announced him, but once he gets announced, I think that you'll start to see the staff open up more, and maybe I can come by a practice, or we can see, you know, how everything's going now that all the guys are there. Uh, Geo Baker is the other guard. Everyone knows about Geo Baker and, and his ability, and with Nigel Johnson deciding to transfer home to the University of Virginia, it's about an hour and a half from where he grew up, with Nigel Johnson leaving, that 
gives Geo Baker an instant role because I think we pretty much everyone would expect Corey Sanders and Mike Williams to be your two starters at guard, but what do you have after that? Nigel Johnson was that sixth man off the bench. I think that's going to be Geo Baker now. And then you have Suf Mensa as a true ball distributor and defender off the bench as well, point guard. Peter Kiss won't be eligible this year, yada, yada, yada. Excited about what Rutgers basketball has been able to do this offseason, and there's still a spot left, so you never know what Steve Peichel decides to do with that. The other thing on my mind that we did not discuss, again, you will hear from myself and scout national recruiting analyst Brian Doan in just a couple minutes if you want to hit that plus 15 second and get right into it. But the other thing I wanted to bring up is the annual R Awards. The R Awards are like the Rutgers Emmys, uh, the Oscars, the Slammy Awards, whatever you want to call it. And they took place a couple of weeks ago. It's a cool event, kind of a longtime brainchild to Sean Tucker. I attended it along with a couple other of the main beat writers. And really, it's just, it's a cool, it's not for us. For us, it's torture. We're sitting in the dark on our computers watching a bunch of college kids hang out. Like, that's torture for us. But for the kids, it's great. They all get to dress up, have a good time, do the red carpet, and and get rewarded. And I felt like they made some good choices. I don't know exactly how the awards are decided, but for Rutgers wrestling and for women's soccer to clean up again especially Rutgers wrestling Rutgers wrestling dominated the awards this year rightfully so they made some great headlines this year and while I get that people are frustrated with Rutgers football and both basketball teams right now there's always something exciting going on at Rutgers so you know maybe if you haven't given it a shot yet maybe it's time to Check out wrestling. The schedule this year is incredible. Some great programs coming to the rack. You know, maybe you're one of the many, 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 many millions and millions of people that are not excited about Rutgers against Maryland at Yankee Stadium for football. Well, the wrestling should be pretty cool. I mean, it's at least something to maybe get you out there if you're on the fence. Anyway, that's the R Awards. It's a nice event. I hope Rutgers keeps doing it. I don't see why they wouldn't. So that's what's on my mind. You know what? Let's just get right into it. A quick word from our sponsors and then the meat of the show, the news, the conversation with Scout National Recruiting Analyst Brian Doan. Thank you to everyone that has stayed subscribed or is jumping back on now that we're back after that absence. Hopefully that hiatus doesn't happen again, but you know what? That's not just up to me. That's up to you all too, and you can hear about that in the close of the show. So I'm guessing, Brian, you did not see your shadow because you're back on the Rutgers ScoutCast and it's only been a four-week absence for both of us. Welcome back. Thank you, Sam. And having not seen each other for the podcast for that long, absence does not make the heart grow fonder in this case. Yeah, well, we've unfortunately had to see each other for a bunch of other events over the last month, and that's kind of the basis of our conversation today. Instead of just doing the three-topic thing, There's more than three things to talk about over the last month, but I mean, I guess at this point that you're listening, the national camp scene is mostly over with as far as your sneaker brand camps and that kind of nonsense, but the Rutgers... We're we're more than sneaker brands. We're apparel and clothing line brands. When is the LeVar Ball camp, by the way? Every day. I I feel like they would do a great job with the Jets. (laughs) <laughs> you know what in the Jets defense 
they weren't horrific this year. Just difficult. It was pretty bad. We'll get to that, but as far as the overall camp scene now, Rutgers' first camp, if you're listening to this as it drops, is tomorrow or Saturday, June, I don't know, 3rd, I think. (laughs) That's the first of about 86 camps Rutgers is having on campus in June, including Sound Mind, Sound Body, 7-on-7, special teams. But we've now seen the, the Nike camp, the Under Armour camp. You've seen multiple ones of those camps across the region. Anything jump out to you when you think about Rutgers and these camps and your takeaways? I mean, there's a ton that sticks out. Which way do you want to go with it? Well, I, how about you try being nice first? Because I know that most of this will not be nice. I don't take. I mean, yeah. I'm always nice. What stands out to me is there is no shortage of kids outside of New Jersey who are excited about Rutgers and Rutgers in extending some offers and then seeing these kids in camps have done a good job of evaluating kids during the spring evaluation period to the degree that you can evaluate. You, you're not going to, you know, unless you're down in Florida or somewhere that has spring practice, you're not going to see kids in pads. You're not going to see them actually playing football, but they are going to work out, run routes, rush the pass or block, what, whatever. They'll be able to do that when they go, you know, when they evaluated these kids at school. And I think that was important for them. The other thing that stood out to me is even though things may not be going great in state with the high profile kids or the medium profile kids, yeah, they continue to work hard. And that's why you see offers cropping up all over the place. There's a frustration about New Jersey. But it is not a defeatist attitude. Though you know you want to get kids from close to campus, it's easier to recruit them. It, there should be, should be some state pride involved, and there's not a lot of that. But on the flip side, the same kid who's a mid-level three-star in New Jersey is a three-level, you know, a three-star mid-level kid in the Midwest and the South, and you know, and so. There are plenty of players. It's not an excuse on why you should have a bad class because there's plenty of players across the country. And it reminds me of what Chris Ash said at his introductory press conference, and that was develop kids, get players in and develop them. And, and we've seen that in spring practice and such. But to me, that's the thing that, that really stands out is they continue to grind and, and they never settle on something. I think one of the toughest parts of, if you're a fan and you follow recruiting, especially if you're listening to this and you're maybe not a member of Scarlet Report, which why don't you go ahead and uh, give it a try, seven-day free trial. I think one of the frustrating things is you see all these kids that are committing to Boston College or Pittsburgh, and you're saying, well, why didn't Rutgers get that kid? And, well, a lot of the time Rutgers wasn't recruiting that kid unless you're someone that follows recruiting very closely, you're not always going to know that. So the perception will be, oh, Rutgers just lost another kid to Boston College. Whereas the reality is Rutgers wasn't recruiting that kid or Rutgers offered him for other reasons and wasn't interested in him. That's something that I think, I think I've seen a lot of that from the fan base is the frustration or even the confusion. And I mean, that's what happens when you have a bunch of people putting out fake news and recruiting as well. There's that, and also you have to look at I just had this conversation with a coach last night. Offers, you really have to decide what they mean 
and it's an individual basis, so it makes it tricky. And so when offers are posted on message boards, my new thing is I'm going to tell you exactly what it means. And here's why I say that. Georgia offered four kids in D.C. and Maryland on Tuesday. No way they would take all four. It's just the way it is. Now, what what college coaches are saying now is they're, the offers are camp offers. And what that means is it's an offer, but you have to come to camp and prove yourself. Well, exactly. It's not an offer. But the kids say it is, they think it is, and it's just how recruiting has evolved. Back on the Rutgers part of this is, yeah, they extended some offers in January, February, March, with the same idea of, okay, we're going to offer just to make sure if we want this kid, we're going to stay in it with them, because it's the way recruiting works, and the coaches will get mad at you if, you know, your in-state coaches, someone will get mad if you don't offer, even though those coaches in a wide degree will not reciprocate when you do them a favor, they won't help Rutgers out, but you still have to play the game, but then you go back to the campus and you evaluate them and decide, you know what, if he does go to this school or that school, I'm good with that because we really don't want him anyway. And so that's what you're seeing with a lot of this stuff. And again, for the people that listen to this podcast and aren't members of Scarlet Report, it can be very confusing for you. If you're a member of Scarlet Report, it's not very confusing. You understand. Yeah, and as I said, again, you can contact me, shelman at scout.com, or go ahead and check us out for a free trial. And you can ask, hey, was Rutgers really recruiting Evan Stewart? Or, hey, uh, Johnny Langan committed to Boston College. How did Rutgers lose that kid? Well, we can give you those answers. It's not always as black or white as you may think. Now, yes, there are kids that Rutgers legitimately wanted and lost in the last couple weeks. Guys like Matt Vilecci, the, the Fordham prep quarterback that committed to Boston College. I really liked him, and it seemed like Rutgers really liked him too. And they lost him. You know, it's not... It's not like we're, we're not here to make excuses for Rutgers and say, oh, well, they didn't want him anyway. That's not what we're doing. It's just every recruit's decision is different. And then another interesting thing, I feel like we have to at least touch on it one last time, Brian, because it's a different audience. Rashad Wild Goose Jr., <laughs> Miami Northwestern cornerback or safety, depends on what school you talk to. I say safety. Uh, Brian sure. Dunn University says safety. Sure. Well, here's the thing. You talk about camp offers or offers to not offend a school, look, maybe I'm wrong, but I have a hard time seeing Georgia or Florida or Florida Georgia line taking him, even though he has those offers, uh, Rashad Wild Goose, pronouns pal, just because he has these offers doesn't mean that every school wants to take him. Now, when Temple or NC State starts getting on him, that I can see, but don't look at it as, oh, he, he's going to flip to Florida. Florida's got to take his commitment first. I think a lot of people, when you go back and you look at a couple of the higher-profile kids in New Jersey the past few years, and people said, oh, this person's offered, they've offered, they've offered. I mean, it, it doesn't mean that's where they're going. How could Rutgers not want them? I, I know of um, a player in state, and I don't want to embarrass him by, by saying his name because he's a good kid, but there's a player in state that right now is talking about 20-plus offers and when I spoke to him at a recent event, just on the side, just chit-chat, and he was talking to two schools. 
and none of them were the high-profile type schools that people associate it with. So yeah, sometimes, sometimes you have to like wade through that smoke of recruiting to figure out which schools are serious there, about a kid. Yeah, no, there's there's no doubt. There's no doubt about it. And and, and but, coaches are important with that too. Very important. And I look at it from the standpoint of with Wild Goose. I don't know. Well, let's see how he develops. You know, people got to watch him in pads down in spring practice and and see what he's all about. I just remember when he came up and Sam, you and I were talking about would they take the commitment, would they take the commitment. Um, yeah, eventually you, you wind up taking it for a variety of reasons, including it helps start your class off and it stabilizes some things. So from that standpoint, it makes a lot of sense to take it. If you, the day he committed, it was, I mean, you talked to him right after that and he talked about how he may wind up going somewhere else just to you know check things out and he was still pretty open with his sure. recruitment even though he was committed so it's just stuff like that some of that is also coaching where coaching from the college staffs where every kid when they commit is told what they're supposed to say in their commitment interviews there's a reason that every recruit that ever committed to greg shiano talked about how they wanted to compete for a big east championship right away i mean that was the message you're not seeing as much of that now because I don't think Chris Ash really cares about that. I think he just wants to get, get kids and play football and let the rest sort itself out. Get kids who are good kids who they can develop, good players. and Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you sit there and you start telling people we're going to compete for a Big Ten championship or, or you know, I remember when the talk was we're going to go win a national championship. Yeah, and that compete, was the, for a, compete for a Lambert Cup. <laughs> that wasn't the championship that I, I would think of. But it was stuff... You know, like that, and right now, if you say it, that means you're saying we're going to go against Michigan, Ohio State. Just get better. Just get better. That's all you're looking for. So, as you're listening to this, we're, I guess you would say, halfway through the camp season. We've gotten through spring evaluation and the apparel camps for the most part, and we're getting into Rutgers camps now. Now, as important as that first half of the camp series is for us as reporters, higher profile kids, kids that don't answer their phones a lot, we get a chance to evaluate guys that maybe we hadn't seen on film because they were injured as juniors or whatever. It's way more important Rutgers-wise the next couple weeks because this is where Rutgers is going to build its recruiting class. These next three, four, five, six, however many Rutgers camps there are in June. Because when you're not on fire early or when you're not getting all the top kids you want, you find the kids in camp. And I wrote something earlier this week, 70%, 77% of Rutgers class of 2017 camped at Rutgers last year. Six or seven of those kids earned their offers based on what they did at camp. It's going to be the same thing this year. There are going to be guys that you've never heard of that become important pieces at, say, defensive line or cornerback or especially specialists where Rutgers doesn't have anything and has to replace, you know, everything in terms of specialists, that specialist camp's important. There are going to be guys that emerge in the next couple weeks that we've never heard of, and they're going to be the next Shameen Jones and Tyler Hayek and Brendan DeVera and even Eddie Lewis was a guy who kind of went back and forth between having an offer but showed up at Rutgers camp multiple times. This is the most important part of the year, I think, for Rutgers recruiting. I can't wait to have you break down those long snappers at that specialist camp. I will be waiting 
to hear you with that. Oh, same Simmons is the long snapper of the future. Well, that would be bad news for Rutgers because that means he's not playing on the defense. So, but I agree with that standpoint. You, you, you can evaluate him. You can coach him the way you want to coach him. You understand what kind of kids they are. Right now, Rutgers is not in the mix with Kadir White, the offensive tackle out of Cardinal Hayes. I, I shouldn't say not in the mix. They're, they're on the periphery. There's a lot of schools uh, ahead on his list, but I spoke with Coach O'Neill at Cardinal Hayes earlier in the week, and he told me that they'll all be down. You know, Lucas Nunez will be there. Uh, Elijah Jones will be there, who they just offered. I'm excited to see him in person. You know, he's listed 6'2 and a half, 6'3. Coach O'Neill tells me he's right about 6'2. That's a pretty good size for a cornerback. I want to see how he moves. You know, Maryland's on him, Purdue's on him. Kadir White will be there. So it's a chance to maybe reconnect with some kids. It's a chance to maybe seal the deal. Hopefully, Zaheer Lacewell shows up at one of the camps and we see him. Hopefully, Ahmad Anderson shows up and you get to see him in action. A lot of these kids we've seen at a lot of places, Sam, whether it's Nike, Under Armour, what have you. Um, Lawrence First and Goal has a big camp on Sunday at Lafayette College, which Rutgers will be at. Uh, just a lot of um, opportunities to see kids. There, there's, there's a lot of kids out there who for whatever reason, couldn't compete. I, I look at, like, uh, Josiah Prevalon, who couldn't compete at Nike because of a hamstring. I think it was hamstring. He he had to stop Under Armour halfway through because of injury. If he's a guy that comes down and camps, maybe he shows that speed or the acceleration out of a break, and Rutgers can get involved with them. And it's a chance for guys, you know, maybe Lance Ture comes in, and he, maybe he doesn't camp, but he just hangs out with the staff all day. And he's like, man, why aren't I committed here already? So it's stuff like that. And then you want to see, I'm curious what happens with the running back position. Who do they go get out of this camp situation? Or do they try to land somebody from the camp? Or do they wait and see what happens with David Bailey out of Maryland? And, you know, they want to get two running backs in this class. Just stuff like that. Yeah, the other thing, you mentioned a guy like Lance Ture come in hanging out. Maybe he doesn't camp. That's how Rutgers got Tyshawn Fogg last year. He came <laughs> he came to, and hung out. He was up visiting family during one of those weekends. Came, hung out with Jonathan Lewis and I think Shameen Jones and a couple of guys. Micah Clark was there and, yeah. and, and Jamal Beatty came by too because I remember the, the picture of the golf cart saying, if that's, your if that's the start of your class, that's a pretty good class. So there's different levels of it. The other thing that I'm looking for is I, I guarantee you that Paramus Catholic defensive back Jarrett Paul will be at a couple of these camps. Great kid. Now, last year I went to a camp at Rutgers specifically to watch Bryce Watts at defensive back. He's committed. He's all in about Rutgers. That, that changed. but Well, what, that's what he was saying publicly. Let's yeah. just leave it at that. <clears throat> what, I, what I saw at that camp was I saw this tall, skinny receiver that I'd never heard of shredding Bryce Watts in one-on-ones. I'm like, well, who is that? And two days later, Tyler Hayek was committed to Rutgers. So that's the thing is you have a guy maybe like Jared Paul that you think highly of, and if you have a receiver that gives him a run for his money, well, then that receiver's probably pretty good. Maybe you want to take a look at that kid. That's how this stuff works. For better or for worse, that's how they, you know, Mike Dare came to camp. They didn't really know about him. Two days later, they had him committed. Now, they chose Mike Dare over recruiting Brandon Wimbush, so decide from that what you want. But 
that's what this is. It's about surprises. It's about kids that they're unsure about, so they need to get them to camp to really work them out the way they want to. Because when you go to these schools during the spring evaluation period, in theory, you're not allowed to work them out. Somebody else works them out and you watch. I'm sure some schools suggest different drills to do. but So it's stuff like that that matters in this. And, you know, the fun thing about it is if you go to these camps, even if a kid is so far off the radar that even Rutgers doesn't know about him and they visit each place, within 45 minutes to an hour, that kid all of a sudden is working out with the elite group. And every camp you go to, no matter if it's Rutgers, Nike, Under Armour, Penn State, Maryland, whatever. There's the elite group, and you always find your way into the elite group, and they'll find you. So it, it is really a, a fun proving ground. If, if I'm a fan and I just want to come check out a camp to see what goes on in it, it that's something I... These are the ones I would go to because you'll really see who the Rutgers targets are. And, and it's pretty, you know, you can stand on the sideline on the IM fields or wherever they're going to do it or sit in the stands at the stadium, and you can pick it out pretty quickly what goes on. One final thought on camps before we do a little bit of team talk. Got a good feeling we'll be the only news site that is at every Rutgers camp this year because, well, that's kind of how the first half of the camp circuit worked. So if you want full camp coverage and coverage of really the legitimate prospects and guys that Rutgers is serious about and the actual news of what goes on during the June circuit, again, hit up scarletreport.com or shoot me an email. That's the best way to get involved. Sam, it's funny you bring that up about legitimate prospects because you and I talk about that a lot about, hey, what about this kid? This kid's visiting. And we always talk, does Rutgers really want him or, or what? And and we won't write stories unless we think it's a legitimate prospect. We're not there to write about every offer and to yell at you on Twitter every time a random kid from Georgia gets an offer. We're, we're there to write about recruits. The other thing I want to talk about, team news. Now, I mean, didn't miss a whole bunch over the last couple of weeks as far as discussing what's going on with the team, but school has ended and begun again in that three-week time period where we were on hiatus. You were on hiatus. You're out of order. I guess my biggest takeaway the last couple weeks team-wise is that for this first Rutgers summer session, I think it's the strongest crop of additions that Rutgers has had in my time as far as a first summer session because you had two quarterbacks. You had Raheem Blackshear, who Rutgers beat Michigan State for in a sense, and you add four or five other legitimate guys that could play this year. So... Normally, when you're talking about getting one or two kids in that first summer session, I think Rutgers has a lot of guys. And it's important to get Kyle Bolin and Jonathan Lewis on campus because now you can actually have seven-on-seven -seven workouts. Because <laughs> without them, your seven-on-seven -seven QBs are Gio Rochino and Duop Mitchell. So I think it's good to actually get those quarterbacks on campus to get to know the guys. I saw you loosening up. I thought you were throwing one day. No, I'm a, I'm a left tackle. I mean, look at me. I'm all... Point. You know, I'm five nine, like one sixty five. That's that's Big Ten size. Well, I've seen some people write about guys your size being recruited by Rutgers. So, um, I look at it from the standpoint of I don't care who else came in. Bowen and Lewis came in. They better start learning that offense as quickly as possible. You would think they already had some concepts and some plays and all that other stuff. Um, the importance of the seven on seven stuff is 
building a relationship with the receivers and understanding some route tree things that you'll be running in theory during the season and also you need that competition in the quarterback room because it hasn't been there that's that's what's important to me is how quickly does Gio Rossino feel the pressure that other people are there for his job now all the other stuff really doesn't matter to me because you can learn skill position whether you come in now you come in in July you'll figure it out soon enough the quarterback this program when was the last time this program had a quarterback that you're like yeah we that that guy can we can ride him to win. It's it probably Gary Nova. It was, a, it was a while ago. And that was an argument. I was always on the, like, yeah, Nova, Nova can do this side. But I think I feel like I was in the minority there. I think I, you got to go back to Tom Savage. Well, I was on the side with Nova of he had five offers coming out of high school at the number one program in the country. Did you expect miracles? Um, but I look at it just from the standpoint of you got a couple guys that have some legitimacy to them now with Lewis and his arm strength and his running ability. Um, I just think that it's, to me, that that's the only thing that matters. How quickly Jerry Kill can teach them the offense and how quickly they can compete for playing time. That's it. Thanks to Brian Doan for joining me on the show. People that have followed Rutgers for a while may not realize Brian does. Brian's job isn't to cover Rutgers. He's the national recruiting analyst. Rutgers is like nine percent of his job. So for him to give us a good half hour every week on this podcast, plus all of the content he provides behind our Scarlet Report membership, it, it it's it means a lot. It's something that you're not going to get at other Rutgers sites or at a lot of other recruiting sites in general. Is this level of presence from one of the national rankings guys who's so widespread so again thanks to brian you can feel free to tweet him and thank him for coming on the show he'll probably ignore it so uh, let me go ahead and open up the rutgers scout cast mailbag for the week oh no no it's empty uh so here's the thing i really really appreciate the emails, the DMs, the tweets, hey, where's the show been? What's going on? I need this for my Friday commute, blah, blah, blah. That was awesome. So I appreciate that. And honestly, I was thinking about maybe this show not coming back at all. And that still might be the case. We'll see how this second run goes through June. But everyone that messaged me and I hit them back telling them what was going on. And I'm pretty sure I told most of them, hey, why don't you send a question to the Rutgers Scoutcast mailbag? I didn't get any. So we'll bring the mailbag back next week because I'm sure that after y'all listen to this, you'll have some questions to go ahead and send in. I covered most of the stuff related to the hiatus and everything in the open of the show. I know we didn't want to keep it too long there, but as you're listening to this, I'll be in a U-Haul, hopefully with a good state on the side of it, or I'll be in my car uh, moving. Like I mentioned, I'm moving to a different part of Edison this weekend, which will allow me to be much closer to Rutgers. I'm about two and a half miles from the rack. So even more Rutgers coverage coming your way, but once I get all settled. So that's what I'm up to this weekend. I definitely appreciate everyone that checked us out. And don't worry, just because I'm moving, I mean, I'm still going to be there all day on Saturday at the first Rutgers Skills Camp with tons of coverage. On Sunday morning, 
I will be at Eric Legrand's Walk to Believe. Can't miss event. If you're on the fence, go. I'm telling you, it's worth it. To hear him speak, he'll be speaking, I believe, around 10 a.m. You don't need to run or walk into 5K. I'm not because I have plans later that day. But I'll be there to see Eric speak at the beginning. It's worth it. And if you can't go, maybe toss some shekels to help support the cause because that also is worth it. Like Eric Legrand said, I wrote an article last week, which you can find pinned at the top of my Twitter page or on Scarlet Report if you go into Eric Legrand's profile. The more he does this since his injury, the more people he meets that also have spinal cord injuries and can't walk. So he gets more inspired every year to do better, raise more money, and to fix this thing. I hope that uh, anyone that's on the fence takes some time out of their Sunday or some money out of their account to help the cause. After the Walk to Believe, you could, uh, if you're a Somerset Patriots fan, you could probably check me out at that game later in the day. One of my good, good friends from back in the day, Alfredo Rodriguez, is their starting shortstop. Uh, he's a former Maryland Terrapin. We won't hold that against him. But that's what I'm doing. And then we'll be back to work with tons of camp coverage. Rutgers basketball and football are back on campus, training, working out, doing as much as they're allowed to do within the rules. So we'll have all that kinds of coverage. I'm hoping to get out to a Rutgers basketball practice this week. And then it's camp season. We got at least one camp a week all the way until the end of the month. So with that said, I am your host still of the Rutgers ScoutCast, Sam Hellman. I appreciate everyone that was patient and did not unsubscribe during our hiatus. The best way to keep this show going and to prevent a second hiatus is definitely to toss us ratings in uh, Apple Podcasts, to tell your friends, spread the word, help us with the download numbers, share it on Facebook or Twitter. Again, it's a totally free thing, but... It still costs me money to produce, so I want to make sure that I'm able to get the best product possible for you. Thanks for listening.